All right, really looking forward to this next conversation. A bit of a thrill. We get to chat with Dr. Roberta Bonder, who 30 years ago this weekend became the first female Canadian to go to space. An eight-day trip on board the space shuttle Discovery. She left Earth January 22nd of 1992, and she joins us now to tell us all about that and what's happened since. Uh, Dr. Bonder, thank you so much for your time this morning. I appreciate you joining us. Pleasure. Thank you very much. Um, 30 years ago, I'm trying to think of what I was doing 30 years ago, and nothing really stands out. Now, of course, I didn't go to space, but that memory, um, how vivid is it after three decades? You know, a day that you literally made history, something that just a handful of people have done. What's that memory like now, three decades later? Well, I can tell you a lot of it's fresh, certainly because I, I talk to students about it quite a bit, and I reflect on it. Every day, I think about things. I, I don't take things for granted as much now as I perhaps did before my flight. So it's a, a lot of the, the actual memories. They're kind of embedded sometimes in sense of smell and <laughs> sound and music. So, yeah, a lot of it's uh, still pretty fresh. Um, I'm wondering, I find when it comes to memory, sometimes my relationship to a memory will change as I get older and perhaps a little wiser and learn some things, and I look back on things a little differently than I did at the time. Has your relationship to the memory changed over 30 years? Oh, you're quite right. I think the brain, as a neurologist, I, I always respected the brain's ability, rightly or wrongly, to shuffle the deck. And sometimes we remember things either incorrectly uh, in a good sense or maybe the other way around, too. But I do think that memories are are really important. They do inform us about our past and how we did things. But also, sometimes I could wish for a crystal ball so I could go back and and tell people or tell myself, a younger me, uh, about some of the views that I have now and perhaps make that person a little wiser. Um, Where does it... I can I can only imagine what it would be like to have such a monumental um, occurrence in one's life, something like leaving the planet and traveling to space, being the first female Canadian to ever do it. Um, where does it rank in terms of things that you think about and things that sort of, you know, when you look back on your life, is it, is it sort of towering above everything else? There are many peaks in my life, but I do feel, as far as that particular space moment for Canada, oh, and for me personally, professionally, was that I was the, although I was the second Canadian to fly in space, I was the first one after the Challenger accident. And it's not that I wanted to be first after the Challenger accident, it's just that I had to do all this new bailout training that no Canadian had done, and I didn't have any mentors, I didn't have anyone to talk to. Being the first sometimes is means that you're kind of on the prow of a ship and there's no other ship around. Uh, but I did learn a lot of a lot of things uh, being the first, and those have stood me in good stead all these years. And certainly, looking out the window from the shuttle aft flight deck uh, is something I will never forget. You know, whenever I've read accounts of people who've been to space or spoken with them, um, that seems to be the the message they all share. Um, once you've left the planet and you look back down on it, it really, there's a paradigm shift. It changes the way you view the world. Did that happen for you? What happened for me, and, and I can't speak for the other astronauts, but I suspect this is, this is true, is that it's the reality of being up there and seeing the Earth as a planet. Now, it sounds trite to some people, but 
all of us learned in school that the Earth was the third planet from the sun. And we go, yeah, that's right, ho-hum. And then in the moment that we actually see and grasp the fact that the Earth is a planet, we actually see there's an edge to it. We actually see that there are stars out there that don't twinkle. We see a black that's unfathomable. All of those things help create an emotional space that nothing else can fill. Does it change the way you view how important it is to preserve what we have? And and, um, does it change your opinion on how fragile our, our planet is? What it does for me is to really reinforce the fact that the planet is alone right now. I mean, sure, there's something else out there in the universe, but we haven't got there yet. And it really reinforces the fact that their life on the planet is quite fragile. It also brings to mind that the planet is in a state of evolution. It will be until its life is over, uh, when it gets gobbled up by the sun becoming a red giant. So we can't sit and think that this planet is the way it is and we need to keep it the way it is. What we have to do is minimize human impact on the natural world, and that involves a, a, a deep dive into ethics. Um, how has that affected what you do over the last 30 years? I know you've been very busy. You have all kinds of different projects. How has that sort of informed the way you've tackled life for the last 30 years? I think of the last 30 years in probably three groups of 10, and that's the first 10 was supporting something like two dozen missions of astronauts and cosmonauts looking at certain aspects of how astronauts uh, cope with getting into space and coming back to the planet and trying to have uh, individuals down here uh, basically use the same kind of of testing situations for people with different diseases. Uh, The second group of 10 would be when I decided to leave that research behind and to go across Canada with my big cameras and photograph all the national parks and then continue on to try to explore other arid edges of the planet. And then the last 10 Uh, It really is about the foundation that bears my name, looking at how best to help other people share the passion that they see for certain things in the natural environment, to connect and reconnect people to the natural world for our mental health, for good mental health, and for finding a a new way of looking at things to stimulate creativity and inspire us. Tell us more about that foundation. Um, It it sounds like fascinating work. Uh, I mean, how do you... How do you fo- what are you focused on? What kind of projects are you trying to bring forward? I like your word focus because, indeed, we use the technology of photography, which is more or less a universal tool, to try to get people to say, okay, look, tell me what you're looking at and come on into the natural world. And, and so people will take a point-and-shoot shot, and it doesn't really show anything, and after people can't figure out what that's all about. And what we try to say is, okay, we'll provide you some tools and some some training and take a start looking at what's out there. What what is it you're trying to to see? And and getting people to look at different colors of green, textures, learn about the artistic elements in a photograph, learn how one can express my oneself using the art form through the technology of photography and then allowing us to ask questions of science about why certain things happen or what what we should do to to minimize your impact. So all of that helps us to engage with the natural world, and and I firmly believe that if we love something, we'll want to protect it, and that's what the foundation is about, trying to get people to really appreciate the natural environment and how important it is that we conserve and minimize our impact on it. 
Dr. Bonder, all those three groupings of 10 years, um, there's a theme through, and I'm sure you're well aware of this. It's all about exploring and learning. Um, that sort of, has that been the guiding principle of your life? Explore, learn what's out there? You've said it many times in this interview. Oh, absolutely. My my parents and, and, and my sister as well, we were all involved in tenting at a very early age. And there wasn't a lot of technological distractions except for these wonderful cameras that my uncle would sell in his drugstore as a pharmacist uh and and my dad loved photography so we'd be doing that my mother would it would help us look at things more critically look at butterflies and you know i just all the way through they they prized learning they, they grew up in the depression era and it was a time when people couldn't go on to university but they tried to learn from books in the library. They, they took us out on, on field trips as, as much as possible. And my mother was a wonderful teacher and she loved sharing. So it was a very rich background in order for me to be able to develop the value system that I had. And that's what I took up in space with me. And that's what I use, have used for the rest of my life. What's your relationship with space now and with space programs and space exploration and what we're seeing with sort of entrepreneurial boutique trips and things like that? What are your thoughts on where we are in terms of space right now? My personal, my personal involvement uh, is, is, is part of my project looking at migratory birds. We're looking at space imagery to get a better grasp of the distances and habitats that these uh, birds require. In terms of the space program, for example, in Canada, we continue to do space science. We continue to work on robotic systems that will be probably used on the Gateway Project around the moon and off into the future. We have Canadians involved in robotic systems on Mars. We have a lot of great scientists involved in astronomy, uh, doing partnerships of life science. We've got all kinds of great opportunities for Canadians in the space program. But when I look at something like... You're speaking about the most recent billionaire flights. Yeah. Uh, these are instances where we can't tell people how to spend their money, even if we're the ones that give them the money to spend. Uh, it is, it's something that it's, again, back to the ethics of exploration and discovery. What, uh, what is, is the rest of humanity going to benefit? Are we going to benefit by some of the technologies that are being developed by these kinds of right. flights? And perhaps we are. Other people might argue that there are things that we're doing to the environment just in terms of having a launch facility near some place where you have a wildlife uh, refuge. Of course, that's exactly where the Cape is. Uh, so there are ways of, of looking at this that have pros and cons. But I think for most people, it, it's, it's quite irksome to see billionaires spending tons of money so that they can go and play with their smarties in space. That's something that, uh, that doesn't resonate very well given certainly the COVID issues we have and the and the, the ongoing issues always of education and poverty and war. Inequity, yeah. Uh, last one before I let you go. I've kept you too long, but I'm just wondering, um, like you say, you were on the prow of a ship. I mean, you as much, you know, you went to space, but in a lot of ways you were a pioneer. You were a trailblazer. There was nobody like you that had done this before, especially in our country. I've always wondered for somebody who's in that unique position where you know you're inspiring and you're blazing a trail. Is that a, is that a heavy burden? Is that an honor? And is it something that you considered along in your journey, or was it more just about this is what you wanted to do? Wow. Uh, burden would not be it. Responsibility, for sure. Enlightenment, definitely. Trying to make the world better, obviously. 
And the bottom line for me is that it's not over yet, that I keep leveraging one experience with something else that I feel is important to me and to my value system. And that's what keeps me going. Dr. Bonder, I can't thank you enough uh, for your time this morning. I appreciate it very much. Uh, Thank you for joining us. My pleasure. Thank you. That is Dr. Roberta Bondar, who is Canada's first ever female astronaut. We're looking back 30 years ago. It was January 22nd of 1992 when she blasted off aboard the space shuttle uh, Discovery and spent eight days orbiting the planet. And, uh, you know, I mean, just a, a long list of firsts. Um, and we know that she's inspired so many people uh, in the years since. Um, a remarkable, remarkable Canadian.